Page 56, The Beetle. Mac gives me a new crayon and a fresh pile of paper. It's time to work again. I smell the crayon, roll it in my hands, press the sharp point against my palm. There is nothing more that I love than a new crayon. I search my domain for something to draw. What is black? An old banana peel would work, but I've eaten them all. Not tag is brown. My little pool is blue. The yogurt raisin that I'm saving for this afternoon is white, at least on the outside. Something moves in the corner. I have a visitor. A shiny beetle has stopped by. Bugs often wander through my domain on their way to somewhere else. Hello, beetle, I say. He freezes, silent. Bugs never want to chat. This beetle is an attractive bug with a body like a glossy nut. He is black as a starless night. That's it! I'll draw him! It's hard making a picture of something new. I don't get the chance that often, but I try. I look at the beetle who's being kind enough not to move, and then back at my paper. I draw his body, his legs, his little antenna, his sour expression. I'm lucky, really. The beetle still stays all day. Usually bugs don't linger when they visit. I'm beginning to wonder if he's feeling all right. Bob, who's been known to munch on bugs from time to time, offers to eat him. I tell Bob that it won't be necessary. I'm just finishing my last picture when Mac returns. George and Julia are with him. Mac enters my domain and picks up a drawing. What the heck is this? He asks. Beats me, Ivan. What are you, what? Beats me what Ivan thinks he's drawing. This is a picture of nothing. A big black nothing. Julia is standing just outside my domain. Can I see? She asks. Mac holds my picture up to the window. Julia tilts her head. She squeezes one eye shut. Then she opens her eyes and scans my domain. I know, she exclaims. It's a beetle. See that beetle over there by Ivan's pool? Man, I just sprayed this place for bugs. Mac walks over to the beetle and lifts his foot. Before Mac can stomp, though, the beetle skitters away, disappearing through a crack in the wall. Mac turns back to my drawings. Figure this is a beetle, huh? If you say so, kid. Well, that's a beetle for sure, Julia says, smiling at me. I know a beetle when I see one. I think it's nice having a fellow artist around. Change. Stella is the first to notice the change, but soon we all feel it. A new animal is coming to Big Top Mall. But how do we know this? Because we listen, we watch, and most of all, we sniff the air. Humans always smell odd when change is in the air like rotten meat with a hint of papaya. Guessing. Bob fears our new neighbor will be a giant cat with slitted eyes and a coiled tail. But Stella says a truck will arrive this afternoon carrying a baby elephant. How do you know? I ask. I sample the air, but all I smell is caramel corn. I do love caramel corn. I can hear her, Stella says. She's crying for her mother. I listen. I hear the cars charging past. I hear the snore of the sun bears in their wire domain, but I don't hear any elephants. You're just hoping, I say. Stella closes her eyes. No, she says softly. Not hoping. Not at all. Jambo. My TV is off, so while we wait for the new neighbor, I asked Stella to tell us a story. Stella rubs her right foot against the wall. Her foot is swollen again, an ugly deep red. If you're not feeling well, Stella, I say, you could take a nap and tell us a story later. I'm fine. 
she says, and she carefully shifts her weight. Tell us the Jambo story, I say. It's a favorite of mine, but I don't think Bob has ever heard it. Because she remembers everything, Stella knows many stories. I like colorful tales with black beginnings and stormy middles and cloudless blue sky endings, but really any story will do. I'm not really in a position to be picky. Once upon a time, Stella begins, there was a human boy. He was visiting a gorilla family at a place called a zoo. What's a zoo? Bob asks. He's a smart street dog, but there isn't much that he hasn't seen. A good zoo, Stella says, is a large domain, a wild cage, a safe place to be. It has room to roam and humans who don't hurt. She pauses, considering her words. A good zoo is how humans make amends. Stella moves a bit, groaning softly. The boy stood on the wall, she continues, watching, pointing, but he lost his balance and he fell into the wild cage. Humans are clumsy, I interrupt. If only they would knuckle walk, they wouldn't topple so often. Stella nods. A good point, Ivan. In any case, the boy lay in a motionless heap while the humans gasped and cried. The silverback, whose name was Jambo, examined the boy, as was his duty, while his troop watched from a safe distance. Jambo stroked the child gently. He smelled the boy's pain, and then he stood watch. When the boy awoke, his humans cried out, Stay still! Don't move! Because they were certain. Humans are always certain about things. The Jambo would crush the boy's life from him. The boy moaned. The crowd waited, hushed, expecting the worst. Jambo led his troop away. Men came down on ropes and whisked the child to waiting arms. Was the boy all right? Bob asks. He wasn't hurt, Stella says, although I wouldn't be surprised if his parents hugged him many times that night in between their scoldings. Bob, who's been chewing on his tail, pauses and tilts his head. Is that a true story? I always tell the truth, Stella replies, although sometimes I confuse the facts. Lucky. I've heard the Jambo story many times. Stella says that humans found it odd that the huge silverback didn't kill the boy. Why, I wonder, is that so surprising? The boy was young, scared, and alone. He was, after all, just another great ape. Bob nudges me with his cold nose. Ivan, he says, why aren't you and Stella in a zoo? I look at Stella. She looks at me. She smiles sadly with her eyes just a little, the only way that, the way that only elephants can do. Just lucky, I guess, she says. Arrival. The new neighbor arrives after the four o'clock show. When the truck comes lumbering toward the parking lot, Bob scampers over to inform us. Bob always knows what's happening. He's a useful friend to have, especially when you can't leave your domain. With a groan, Mac lifts the sliding metal door near the food court, the place where deliveries are made. A big white truck is backing up to the door, belching smoke. When the driver opens the truck, I know that Stella is right. A baby elephant is inside. I see her trunk poking out from the blackness. I'm glad for Stella, but when I glance at her, I see she is not glad at all. Stand back, everyone, Mac yells. We've got a new arrival. This is Ruby, folks. 600 pounds of fun to save our sorry butts. This gal is going to sell us some tickets. Mac and two men climb into the black cave of the truck. We hear noise, scuffling, and a word that Mac uses when he's angry. Ruby makes a noise, too, like one of the little trumpets that they sell at a gift store. Move, Mac says, but there's still no Ruby. Move, he says again. We haven't got all day. 
Inside her domain, Stella paces as much as she's able. Two steps one way, two steps to the other. She slaps her trunk against the rusty metal bars. She grumbles. Stella, I asked, did you hear the baby? Stella mutters something under her breath, a word that she uses when she's angry. Relax, Stella, I say. It'll be okay. Ivan, Stella says, it will never, ever be okay. And I know enough to stop talking.